It's time for Larry News Sport. My guest tonight, she is the host of the Launchpad Podcast and the Step Back Sisterhood Podcast, He's got the body of a man and the eyes of a hawk. John, follow through, blue. And I'm your host, Larry the for joining me on this Houston Rockets edition of Larry No Sports. We've got two Rockets fans in the building. John is a Rockets fan. Britt is a Rockets fan. Um, let's start off. We don't talk about the Rockets too much. So, um, Britt, I'll start with you. What was your just initial overall reaction to the Harden trade? Happy with the return, sad with the return, or, and feelings of just him leaving? It really depends. So when it comes to him leaving, I mean, to be honest, I'm still sad about it. It's months later at this point, Um, (laughs) but it feels like it just happened yesterday. I mean, I guess it maybe because of the um, Pandini slash pandemic stuff that's been going on. We like time feels very um, long and short. So um, it feels like yesterday when he was traded and it probably doesn't help that yesterday as of time of recording, um, James Harden had his first game versus the Rockets. Yeah. So it was pretty difficult to sort of imagine him leaving unless it was like at the end of his career. So having that happen, it was um, pretty sad. But as for the return, I I still think it's um, to be determined. The issue with the season is that there's been so many injuries. They had the barbershop incident where half the team was forced to go out because of health and safety protocol um, and causes the team to not play their first game of the season versus Oklahoma City. And it's just been downhill from there. Um, I don't know. It's just a little bit of frustration and a little bit of sadness. Yeah, but I, I do think the four dra- the four firsts are nice. Mm. Um, Oladipo, I'm sure, is going to turn into something. We'll talk about Oladipo in a bit. Um, but John, I mean, you're pretty happy with the return, especially because the back end of those picks, right? Yeah, because the Nets are going to be good for a few years, but then they're going to be terrible. And that's when those picks are going to be extremely valuable and awesome. Um, and I, you know, love James Harden for when he was on the Rockets. I loved him when he was on OKC even, but um, yeah, I was ready. I was ready to move on. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this team topped out and it was, it was better to move on too early than, than too late. And gotta be honest, that whole last, like the way he kind of acted, like left a bad taste in my mouth. Like it was just like, I was like, all right, See ya. Yeah. I mean, I get the, I get the love, Brit. I totally do. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just done. 
Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I was really mad um, in probably like cuss word worthy terms. Mm-hmm. Um, You're allowed to curse on this show, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I, I was really, you know, freaking pissed when he, uh, I, I still can't say that for, sorry. Um, when he decided that um, he would go out um, clubbing without a mask and yeah. do the, you know, this can't be fixed um thank you address his for his last showing like stuff like that was very unneeded and unnecessary um i thought that was complete bs but i I think that considering that the team um two years ago was a hamstring away from you know at least getting to the finals and maybe even winning a championship uh it i think that's maybe more the nostalgia sadness than like during the time that he was you know in the process of him um forcing his way out i was definitely done with it by the end of december and early january right before the trade but um i I think a lot of it is just like the potential that was sort of lost because of you know essentially not having the bright roster around him and just having bad luck in the case of 1718. Yeah. I mean, some of the roster things was his doing obviously with yeah, that part too. Mm. Yeah. But I do think like, as you said, it, uh, it was time to move on. I think even though it would have been great if they kept Chris Paul and like, were able to keep going, um, they probably had like no more moves to make besides blowing it up. And just, it was time to like right. move on from the whole, Maury Ball, D'Antoni, Harden, and then just ship all of it off off East. Um, is it, Britt, is it particularly hard to watch him on the Nets like with D'Antoni as well? Um, no, I, I don't think it bothers me so much other than the Nets. I mean, they essentially did nothing for the last decade. And, you know, other than maybe like two years ago when they were decent and last year when they essentially took like a struggling team to the playoffs because the East is, was that week towards the back end of the um, conference or back end of that um, conference. I just really don't care. Like I've only watched two games with the net, um, watching Harden with the nets, which is, um, lot are the, uh, what is it? Today's Thursday. So the Wednesday night game versus the Rockets and then the previous game. So I could get prepared for what to see for the mm-hmm. Wednesday night game. I haven't watched any of the other games. So I, it doesn't bother me so much. Um, I know Dan Tony is by default sort of the coach since, um, um, or Nash is just like sort of a cheerleader, or at least in my opinion. <laughs> no, actually, um, Kyrie but... is the coach, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it doesn't like honestly, like once he was traded, I think I felt relief that it was over. I, I didn't really care where um, so much. It, it was just like it was just sadness that it had to happen. Yeah, and and especially because like and him forcing his way out when this team made like three different trades because he kind of pushed for them. So he, you know, he can't say that they didn't do right by him. Um, so I guess with the new coaches, I don't, I don't know too much about Steven Silas. Like, and I don't think he, he's had a difficult situation because at first he thought probably he was going to have Harden on the roster and now he's got to adjust to life without him. So what's your kind of early perception of how he's doing? I think he's doing actually, there's some folks on Rockets Twitter who who are already saying that he should get fired, which (laughs) I think is completely silly and obnoxious. But I personally think that considering what 
all has happened. I already mentioned the barbershop mess. Um, there's been multiple games where the team has had eight, you know, players only, which is the bare minimum mm-hmm. that the NBA allows for a team to play. Um, there's been, you know, um, cousins who, who was actually pretty good in Houston. I don't think he's had an issue since being in Sacramento. Um, good as in like good, um, personality wise mm-hmm. like he wasn't like controversial um he wasn't good on the court like he just he had moments where it looked like you know back to um you know back in sacramento days but ever since he's had his leg problems the achilles tear he he's just not himself anymore and he definitely could not play as the starter since christian wood was has been out you know for quite a while now at this point I think Silas has been has been doing everything he can. I mean, he's had, I think, 20 or 21 different starting rotations since the start of the season. And there's only been 33 games, I think, at this point. Like, wow. no wonder that they're now on a 13 game losing streak. Um, if you can't have consistent starters or just a consistent rotation, it's just uh, I think that would hamper any coach. I mean, look at Kerr, even, um, even though Stephen Kerr, I have um, some issues with the say the least, but he can even have issues if he's not having like that consistent roster. So having a, you know, a first time first year coach, having to manage that and try to win, I I don't think that's necessarily the fairest thing. So I'm going to give him the season. Like, I don't think it's worth saying that, Hey, he needs to get fired or anything silly like that. Um, but other than that, he's doing pretty well. Yeah. I mean, that, that just seems ridiculous. You have to give him at least the season. Like probably even two because yeah, this is a weird season to begin yeah. with. And Christian Wood being out, like they were they were on what, a six game winning streak before that? Something like that? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think it was five, six or five, something like that. It, it just feels like so long ago. The last time that they <laughs> won was February 4th. So it's been yeah. more than a month now. Yeah. They've had like three seasons so far. Like three. <laughs> uh, yeah, John, are like, I don't know how much Rockets games you're actually watching these days, but is there anything that you're particularly hopeful about with this team? Or that's something oh, that yeah. like, catches your interest oh, yeah. when watching? Um, I am incredibly hopeful that they will finish in the bottom three. <laughs> and Bottom four. Because, because, yeah, because, it's top four protected. Because the, the pick is top four protected. And if you get in the bottom three, you have a 50% chance, roughly. If you're in the, if you're in fourth, the bottom three, I'll have the same chance mm-hmm. and they're not catching Minnesota and Detroit, <laughs> right? Like if they just lose out, it'll still be tough to catch Minnesota and Detroit. Those teams are actively awful, but there is a gap now there. I mean, they're, they're in third, they're in third now, and there is a gap between fourth and if they get if they're in the fourth position, that's like a fifth, that's like a 46 or 47 percent chance at a top four pick, something like that. So it starts to and then it really starts to drop off. So being in that bottom three is clutch. Um, and this is why, like, I'm sure Silas is a great coach. I don't think they should judge him on this year. I think I think the I think the front office should be. I mean, I think they should deal at the deadline, which I'm sure we'll get into. And I think they should be bringing up like Porter Jr. and 
like the the G League guys and just I don't know getting run for for those guys. I want to see I want to see losses and I want to <laughs> see young players yeah. getting experience. That's what I want to see this year. And I want to see John Wall. I like John Wall and you can't trade the contract anyway. So like right. you know like whatever. Yeah, so might as well just let him hopefully rehabilitate himself. <laughs> uh Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so actually, do either of you know what happens if the pick doesn't convey this year? It if it doesn't convey this year, it's gone. It's like a, it becomes like okay. a second rounder or something. But if it does convey, it's not Oklahoma City's pick. Mm-hmm. It's not an Oklahoma City swap. It's a three-way swap with Miami. If so, it were just a swap with Oklahoma City, we're talking, you know, two or three spots. Like mm-hmm. that's nothing. But it would actually be the the Oklahoma City gets the two of the three. Um and they, and they get, get the, the best, two best two. Okay. Yeah. And okay. so Miami presumably is going to be, you know, the 20th spot or somewhere in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Good. so that's where the Rockets would end up. Yeah. So technically it's the best of there's four team picks because there's the Nets pick that the Rockets provided and that's a first rounder that can be swapped but the thing is that only three teams will get picks Miami Houston and um, Oklahoma City Oklahoma City gets the best of the two Houston gets the second worst of the four and then Miami gets the worst of the four and then um, you know the um, net the Nets don't get anything. They just essentially gave the pickup, but right. that's how it's working. The Nets, if if yeah. the Nets were, if some something crazy happened and the Nets tanked, yes, that's that's true. Right, but obviously that's not happening so, either. The best, the best chance, realistically, because Miami is going to succeed, right? Oklahoma City is going to be terrible, but that doesn't matter. And so, yeah, the the Rockets just, I think they got to aim for that top four. Um, which means being in the in the bottom three, and I hate, and it sucks. I hate rooting for that, but at the same time, it's been a long run of like the team not bottoming out. I mean, the stuff Maury did was just magic to keep that thing going for as long as he did without top flight draft picks. Like just working the international market, working the late first round, pulling off a mega trade for Harden, other good trades like. Maury was a magician, but I think it's time. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely time to blow it up. And yeah, I mean, this is the year to tank if you can, I guess. Um, actually, Britt, what do you, how do you feel about that? Do you want them to keep doing well? Like, is there still any hope for a run this season? See, I, I'm actually in the opposite thought process. Okay. That the top four protected pick is not exactly as safe as like anything other than, you know, before 2019 because of the way that they have changed the lottery system for the NBA. You know, sure that there's a, you know, just above 50% chance. I think it's 52% chance that the Rockets can get the pick, but there's also means conversely that there is a 46 or 48% chance if I can do math correctly of them losing that pick and giving Oklahoma City a top five pick that they can do you know well it wouldn't be top five but a five to seven pick because you can't go as you I think the max that a four pick or 
someone in the top five can or top four can drop to is like seven or eight but essentially they would get like a five through eight pick for mm-hmm. doing essentially nothing um and I feel like with all of the bad luck surrounding Houston sports these days, I, I'm not necessarily my um, as optimistic that we'll get the ping ball or ping ball balls to drop and give us a top four pick, uh, much less a top three pick. So I feel like that because of all the moves that the previous GM of the Rockets, Daryl Morey, made to essentially like completely obliterate our um, farm system slash G League and top picks um this was probably the worst year for the rockets to the bottom out um just because i, I feel like if, if the protections were a little bit better and maybe they can work with oklahoma city to make the our protections better they can actually go back and you know see if they can either get their pick back or you know make some sort of moves to provide compensation to oklahoma city to get a better slot or actually to get their pick back um if they do that then i'll feel better about it but assuming that you know the lotto balls are going to drop and do the same thing that happened to the pelicans and you know previously as well as cleveland where they got the number one slot <laughs> i'm just not as optimistic and i've heard you know conspiracy theories that folks don't like houston sports anyway so they're going to get a bad pick and lose Ugh. their spot um I, I think that um rafael stone who is the new gm of the rockets should um really discuss with oklahoma city to you know sort of shore up the protections um or the rockets you know should you know assume that they're going to just lose their pick because I, I i'm just i'm not as optimistic even if they get a top three um you know sort of spot for the lotto like ultimately if, if it was just like them getting top three and they'll automatically get it that'd be one thing but if it's like ping pong balls or whatever that they do these days to verify that someone the top spots i'm not as optimistic right so see i think houston do because houston's (laughs) been on a little bit of a losing streak (laughs) with the world series getting tainted and all the you know premier houston athletes leaving town or wanting to leave town it's uh you know houston's do so (laughs) this is the renaissance okay it's I i don't know yeah i mean i feel like if they did this lot next year where they have their pick then it and any other year other than this year it would have been like absolutely great it would have been fine but they're in a quagmire right now when it comes between like losing their pick just like you know getting to the top four and i would hate for us to like land in three or four and then be like the first team that like slides like three or four spots as a result and loses our pick that would probably demoralize the rockets and Houston <laughs> fan base more than anything else yeah, and Minnesota is in the same situation with their pick going to Golden State. And I, I remember looking at the odds, and it was just like a, a 50% chance or something that they would get four or five, which would just be absolutely terrible. Um, so moving on to... Yeah, but what's Minnesota yeah, go ahead. do with the pick? Like, they're going to screw it. Minnesota would screw it up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just give it away. Right. It's just a countdown until, like, Towns forces his way out. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about some of the uh, possible trade chips. Even though you want to win games and there's no point to tanking, I'm guessing it makes sense for Houston to trade whatever players they can just to acquire future assets. Um, starting with Oladipo, because the news came out this week that he was offered a two-year extension for something like $20 million a year. Um, yeah. First of all, I, I actually thought you couldn't 
do extensions until before, like after the season started. But is that not the case? Um, Houston has his bird rights as a result of the trade with Indiana. So they could offer him at, at most a two year extension. They can't do anything else. And since he declined, they can offer him something else and a longer term contract after the season. But I doubt that they will. They'll probably trade him. Right. So what do you think, um, John, what do you think his trade value is? I, I think it's going to depend on the, the race. Like, um, it really depends on if like the right team being in the right spot. Um, like a lot of, I, I think, I think Miami might be the right team. And if Miami's in the, where they in a position where they think old Depot is the, you know, missing piece. Cause part of this is going to be people thinking if they're going to give up real assets for a rental, I mean, they're going to have to think, all right, yes, we can resign him. Um, or, we can make a real run this year. And the way the Nets are looking right now, it's kind of like, that's one of the things that scares me a little bit, right? Like if other teams don't really think they have a shot, then they're not going to be as willing to take on the, the rental. So I feel like the number of teams that think they have a shot is dwindling in the league right now. Uh, I think Miami's the best. That's, that's the best one. I, I think at least right now. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Brett? I think Miami as well. And Oladipo, or at least according to reports really wants to go to Miami. And I think he would be willing to resign. Um, I haven't looked it up, but I think they can probably do a sign in trade if they wanted like the guarantee that he will, um, you know, sort of stay with them and they can do like the two year sign in trade um, with that offer that they, you know, sort of gave to Oladipo before. Um, I guess the question is, is I think the Oladipo situation is even worse than what the Harden situation was because he can just walk after the end of the season and you know go anywhere um and he hasn't been playing well like I I think beside well besides the first game that he played with the Rockets um last night's game versus the Nets was probably his first you know his best game of the season he had his season high and all the other you know jazz um and once we return from the all-star break since the rockets just started that after last night's game they'll only have and he and if he doesn't play back-to-backs he'll only have six games to sort of like prove himself for the market so it it I think it's probably Miami. It could be someone else, maybe like Denver. Cause I know Denver's having issues and they would, it would probably make sense to bring in someone and they do have assets and relatively young players. The one thing with Miami is that they have a lot of young players, but I don't think they necessarily want to give them up. I think they want to like, I think they've been lucky um, to a certain extent to have these like super young players um, like Tyler hero that they didn't want to trade for Harden, which is sort of silly at this point, but Mm -hmm. um, and other folks that, they could um, sort of have a long-term sustained success. And I think they're sort of hesitant with, you know, bringing in someone who has a potential injury history, well, not potential, but an injury history such as Oladipo, but he's really wanting to go to Miami. So maybe he'll sign a team friendly deal with them and, you know, allow a trade to occur. Yeah. I guess I wondered though, Miami doesn't own a lot of their picks, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. So yeah, so it would have to be a player swap. I would, I, I would assume. Yeah, and then it's like. But I mean, you could get you could get a third team in or something like that potentially. Yep. Uh, Denver, though, that's a good that's a good point where they got 
I mean, they had a lot of they, high expectations coming into this year. They definitely haven't met, um, but they've had some issues with like Porter Jr. being out and all this stuff. So I wonder, that would be great because they do have young assets. They could, um, mm-hmm. they could ship Houston's way and they have draft picks. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I think he's got real value. I've been an Old Depot fan since day one and I've always kind of rooted for him to come back from this. And then he shows signs that he's back and then he regresses. And so I just, I don't know. Yeah. And I think the one thing with all of the folks that we're talking about outside of, you know, I, I'm assuming we're probably going to talk about PGA Tucker is that they all have injury concerns. They all have, you know, very valid injury concerns. And it's not like, Hey, there haven't been injured in a while, but it was just last year. Oh, Depot has been out you know, because of multiple injuries since he's been traded to Houston and that sort of lowers trade value. So, um, I mean, I think there's probably enough room to get folks um, traded if that's what the team decides on. I'm just, I I guess I'm probably a little bit pessimistic about what the returns will be. Um, Yeah. But we'll see. But I do think there's a lack of sellers this year because especially with the play and a lot of teams think they could get into the playoffs. I, I I still th- I think they could get a late first rounder for Oladipo, maybe from Philly. I could see Philly going after him. So yeah. there will no, be options. I think, yeah, I've definitely seen it. Um, multiple people say it's a seller's market this year. So maybe that's maybe the one positive yeah. for um, the Rockets tanking is that there's so few teams who are like legitimately out of it. And the Rockets technically are what five games behind. So they're not completely out of it, mm-hmm. but they can make the decision now, like whether or not to tank. Uh, and I think they have to make it during the all-star break. They can't like sort of teeter halfway through and then decide, Oh, I can't, you know, we need to sell. And then they, it's too late. And teams that had the assets to um, sell are, you know, have already gone with another team. So they need, if they're going to make the decision, they need to make the decision right now. Yeah, makes sense. All right, so uh, lots of uh, there are a lot of sports like basketball that get covered by pretty much every media outlet, but some sports uh, don't get that type of coverage, and those sports can only be covered by our friend Sean Wickens in a new segment we call Underdog Sports. Yeah, great, Sean Wickens, baby. Wow, I wasn't expecting intro music. I'll yeah. Be honest, I feel like thrown. <laughs> yeah, I hope you live up to it. No, this yeah, is a, this is a new segment, Underdog Sports, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how many of how many of you and Brittany? Nice to meet you. It's uh, yep. John. Great, great to see you, and Larry. Great to see you. And how many of you have heard of this sport, team handball? I have heard of it. We I we have, played it in I gym have. class. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I played it in gym class as well. I first learned about it in high school. And just like a quick example of how sort of like cocky and shitty like teenage kids could be. When my gym teacher told us about Tim Handball, nobody believed him that it was a real sport. <laughs> and because we were because we were all like idiot kids, we thought we knew everything. You know what I mean? Like it didn't cross our minds that there was a sport that that existed that we didn't know about, you know? And the next day, one of, and he had hands out, handouts about the rules. He talked about it and we were like, okay, I guess it's a real sport. And then the next day, somebody came to school and was like, my 
dad tried out for the team handball Olympic team. He, this kid didn't even know about it. So anyway, <laughs> he found out because um, he just like asked his dad after hearing yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. I guess a lot of people learned about it in gym class. But yeah, so team handball is like, uh, it's like basketball, but it's like soccer. And there's um, seven players per side, including the goalkeeper. And um, it's actually kind of hard to explain because there's weird rules. Like you're allowed to dribble, but you can only take three steps and then hold the ball for three seconds or something like that. It's also unclear of like when you can dribble or something like that. Because according to Wikipedia, it's like, it says it's non-basketball dribbling, which I don't know what <laughs> that means, you know? No going between the legs. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. No hot dogging, I guess. But um, it's an Olympic sport, and I watched the uh, uh, Denmark versus France final from the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. Um, Denmark versus France. Does anybody want to guess who won? I... I'm going to go with Denmark, and I'll tell you why, but I'll let everybody else guess. Okay. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with France. Okay. Oh, I was going to be contrarian and say um, France as well, but I'll say <laughs> Denmark. Okay. Larry, do you want to tell us why you think Denmark? Because uh, it's a Scandinavian country, okay. and I you're want... Right, you're right. <laughs> so I far. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so why else did, were you thinking? Um, so I once had a boss. Uh, he was Swedish. Mm. And he was a, apparently a team handball fan. Oh. And uh, he, like, what, at one time, we were just, like, talking about sports in general. And he was like, you guys got to see this. And he showed us, like, a video of player, like, the Swedish team playing handball. So... And I, I just watched it and I was like, oh, LeBron James would kill these people. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, because he was a fan, I was, I was just thinking maybe the Scandinavian countries are good. Well, good deductive reasoning. Thank so you. you're right. Yeah. And uh, I went into this thinking, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm guessing France is going to win because they have a good soccer team. You know what I mean? But then in reading about hand, team handball, it was invented in Denmark. Oh, so wow. they, they probably have the lock on it. You know what I mean? And the best player in the world, they kept on talking about the best player in the world. He was on Denmark's team. And, you know, you've, you've been talking about basketball. Like usually when you're watching a basketball game, you can just kind of, you just kind of know who the all-stars are. They just carry mm-hmm. themselves a little differently. I mean, even if you, of course you all know who they are, but I, it's just like, you kind of know. And then this guy, I, I'll be honest, I didn't write down his name. He didn't seem that remarkable compared to everyone else. You know what I mean? Um, and I didn't look up how much money team handball players make, but it's pro- the, the star probably doesn't make eight to 10 times as the other players. Like, you know, like other, he probably just makes like five grand more than everyone else. You know, who knows? But um, it's a weird sport. Like you have to have a specific floor to, to play it on because it's like demarcated out. It sounds like I'm mad at this sport, I feel like, but it, it's just like, it's just a confounding thing to watch, you know? Yeah. It's funny, um, I mean, especially when you don't know the dribbling rules. Oh yeah. It, it was hard to follow. And I'll be honest, the players looked like referees, like the, the, the referee uniforms and the player uniforms kind of looked the same to me. Um, 
anyway, Denmark won and they won the medals. Um, and there's, I don't know, there's not that much to say about the sport. According to Wikipedia, there's a, there's a section labeled commemorative coins for, I guess that's a big <laughs> thing for handball, commemorative coins. Oh, maybe like, like the cup in hockey, but they get the coin. No, I think it's just for anybody who wants one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think they just make, make coins. But yeah, so anyway, and for those of you listening at home, handball is an, is an actual sport. Very confusing because here in New York, handball is a different thing. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's something you play against right. a, a wall with your friend. But, um, but this is team handball. And um, anyway, Denmark won the Olympics. I don't know. Do you have any more? Do you have any questions? It is... I, I'm not an expert on this. It's an underdog sport. You know what I mean. So, I mean, you can watch that. You can watch this match on YouTube. I uh, what's no, the final score? Yeah, good question. Twenty-eight to twenty-six, and the Denmark went crazy when they won. And this was a gold medal event. And I'll be honest, the the arena was not that full. <laughs> <laughs> ah, such um, a shame. Yeah, but according to Wikipedia, the the world record for attendance for a handball match is like forty thousand people. That's like college basketball or college football. I mean, that's that's big. I mean, that's more than most arenas. Yeah. It, no, it's impressive, but that's the that's the peak. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been around since like the nineteen hundreds. I heard. And, uh, I think when we learned about it in gym class, our gym teacher said it was the second most popular sport in the world. I don't that know can't it, be true. What? I, I know. Wow. Yeah. Wouldn't cricket be that? that I could oh, yeah. See, yeah, for sure. I, besides um, soccer. Right. Or yeah, yeah, football. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was yeah. that was number one, football. Football's number one, yeah. 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 I don't think cricket could be a topic on underdog sports because... I mean, it's an underdog sport for Americans, but I mean, it's huge in the world. I well, mean, it's I, huge in the Commonwealth. I don't think it's. I don't <laughs> think anyone plays it outside of the Commonwealth. Quite honestly, the no, Commonwealth. Um, Good. Well, India. I don't. India, think yeah. In well, no, like, India's in the Commonwealth. Like, um, like so, it's just it's just Commonwealth countries that play cricket. But they like India and Pakistan love it like crazy, <laughs> and Australia is crazy about it. South Africa, England loves it, but they suck at it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all the all the Commonwealth countries play, but no one else does. What's the definition of a Commonwealth country? I've never, I don't know this. I don't know that's geography. A, I guess that's the former. Those are the former British colonies that were oh. granted their independence from England instead of fighting for it. Oh, like uh, we we're not the Commonwealth. Yeah, we're not invited. We don't have the Queen on our money. If you're yeah. in the Commonwealth, you have the Queen on your money. Oh, so is is Canada a Commonwealth country? Sounds mm. like it, yeah. Um, Maybe you could get the queen on one of those handball coins, though. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also like, oh, there's o- there's only two referees. Mm-hmm. But uh, but um, in 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 cases of illness, it says one referee will do. <laughs> <laughs> in cases of illness or emergencies. Um, and uh, yeah, there's penalty throws, and it's just two half-hour periods. 
So, so maybe it's not long enough of a sport, maybe. You know what I mean? Well, how long did it take in just viewing time? Um, that's a great question because I have the video paused right at the moment it ends, and it's at the hour 15 mark. Um, so that probably includes some timeouts, some like referees consulting over calls and then, you know, the intro, you know, teams taking the, the field. Mm -hmm. Um, and if that other referee goes out, then there's no referee consultation time either. Right. So it's yeah. gotta go a little bit faster. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. well, I'm not sure what I saw, but I got no one to talk to it. To, to about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going with it. And they don't call Secaucus. So, you know, they just, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. would I watch another match? I guess so. Yeah. I don't know where you. I don't. I don't know where you watch it in the U.S. It says there's like a federation of handball, and there's like 190 sort of like sub groups within that federation. But like, I don't. I don't know where you would go to watch a, a match here in the U.S. You know, It'd I don't probably be on e ESPN Ocho when they do it on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, I mean, maybe after the Pandini is over, you you could go watch a game or yeah. uh, watch find some people in the federation. I, I yeah, I bet it. I bet people play it in New York. Oh yeah, yeah I bet yeah. Long Island. <laughs> in oh, Long yeah. Island, maybe in the city. I just feel like you wouldn't have the space in the mm. city, but maybe. Yeah. No, but I mean, people. I'm guessing the court's not much bigger than a basketball court, or is it? But if it's custom, you wouldn't be able to repurpose it, right? I don't know. That's, well, I'm, I'm wondering about that. But I, for, I forget how long it is. It's uh, oh, the modern handball is played on a court of forty by twenty meters. Oh, that's 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 long. One thirty-one by sixty-six feet. Like when we were yeah, in gym class, I remembered. Court. What's that? Basketball court's just ninety feet, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so. That's problematic, except maybe in those big gyms that have kind of the double courts and whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like in basketball, there's the three-point line. In the, in handball, there's like – you need a, like a specific court to play this because there's like two separate three-point things. Um, and I think you have to be behind the first line, but then uh, within the other line to score – Again, you know, when you watch this on YouTube, it's not like somebody's explaining everything. Right. <laughs> they expect everybody's an expert. Yeah. 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 I had to fill in a lot of blanks. <laughs> like the rock and jock or whatever on MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the like 10 point, they have the 10 point shot. <laughs> right. right. The, it was like the basket that was oh, like yeah, 20 the... feet high or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brittany, it looks um, light by you. Are you um, on the West Coast? Yep, I am in California in the Bay Area. Uh, okay, even yeah, though I'm yeah. a Rockets fan. You're on oh, the. Uh, you're, not, you're not in H Town. No, I I well I was raised in Houston, but because of work, I have moved over to the Bay. Mm. Well, Brittany, I saw the sunset here in New York tonight, and you're in for a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know how much the smog levels are out here, but oh, yeah, that can yeah, yeah. affect the sunsets too. Um, plus, I have a light on, which is causing the blurriness. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to get dark um, outside, um, although I don't go outside much these days. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah. This, so hopefully it's a good sunset on the West Coast tonight. Um, Sean, what, yeah, yes. what, 
are you thinking of do, uh, covering any other sports? Well, I I didn't want to be presumptuous. I mean, it's up. To, uh, I think it's up to Larry and John, probably in a discussion off air, um, <laughs> that, that probably I'm I'm not involved in. But uh, I have been fascinated for years with the sport of high alai, the oh, fastest sport in the world. It's a good one. Yeah. And you know, I've looked for high alai on YouTube. I can't find any full matches of it. Oh, you uh, can find Jackass though. Right. <laughs> right. It is in Jackass. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not a full match. I think there's just one launch of one ball that we see again in slow motion when it hits Johnny Knoxville. That's, um, that's the most I've seen, but it looks awesome. It is. I know it is dangerous. Uh, Brittany, do you know of High Lie? Um, No, other than the name of it. Yeah. Well, I'll, and I'll be honest, up until very recently, I thought it was High Lie. And I was <laughs> pronouncing it wrong. My whole, it's High Lie, which I didn't know. But anyway, um, I, I'm going to try to find a match of that. Um, I know it's, you know, I know it's a sport mostly played in like Miami and sort of like, uh, I, I think it has Cuban roots. Um, but it really was a sport that people watched so they could bet on. It was, it's, it's sort of like human horse racing. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'll try to find a, a high ally match and then I'll t- maybe talk about that. Yeah. That sounds great. And then Ooh. I'm also, I'll, I'll be honest, those are team handball and highlight are really the only two sp- sports I can drudge off off the top of my head that are like underdog, underknown sports. So if anyone knows of any other ones, there's got to be others. I know of curling, of course. Of course. I know that. <laughs> you know, I was always thinking, I was always yeah. interested in the phrase almost doesn't count except in horseshoes and hand grenades. And <laughs> that could just be what, I don't know. It was invented that was coined when people played a lot of horseshoes. But yeah. as a kid hearing that, I always thought like there was points for almost getting it. And I never, never looked it up or found out if that was true or not. I think in horseshoes, you can get a point. I don't know how grenade point scoring works, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, horseshoes, if you get a horseshoe on the, the pin, there's the points for that. And then I think if you get. If you land a horseshoe within a horseshoe's length, it's well. You have there's also the leaner. That's in between, right? Mm, you have the yeah. runner where you're hooked on the on there, and then you yes. have the leaner where you're up against it um, and touching it, and then you have that radius of one horseshoe around it where you can still score. Uh. This might be maybe this should be John's segment. No, no. Well, but that's that's what I learned about handball. Awesome. We well, go. that's yeah. been underdog sports. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back to an overdog sport, if we could call it that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, other trade chips for Houston. Uh, you mentioned PJ Tucker. He's on an expiring. Is that correct? Yep. So, yeah. Do yep. you think he's Perfect. on his way out this trade deadline? I think so. He has not looked the greatest this season, if I'm going to be very kind. Um, multiple what folks who tend to DM me on Twitter like to call um, quadruple zeros, um, where he doesn't score or he <laughs> does score like three to six points, but has zeros everything everywhere else. Um, so it, it's been a rough season for 
PJ Tucker. And I think he would be really good on a team that is a contender. I think he, you know, essentially stayed because when I think he does enjoy Houston um, and James Harden and previously Chris Paul, when he was on the team, he would, what you know became friends with Harden and he was for or he has been friends with Chris Paul for a long time um since they were you know kids um out in North Carolina so I think he's it's just a matter of time um and I think that because it, it there are a ton of teams who are contenders there'll be a lot of interest it's just when the Rockets will decide to let him go yeah um yeah Phoenix would be an interesting option I could see Portland with Nurkic out being an interesting option. I don't know, John, do you think Portland is one of those? Yeah, go ahead. I was saying um, Portland's one of those teams that doesn't really have assets. Yeah. And uh, they have folks that are injured. Um, but yeah, I think there's probably a, a lot of teams that may have a possibility. I think, I think they, I think they owe him. I think, yeah. I think he's been, he's been a good rocket um, and he has taken on, an outsized burden in his time there. Um, I think they, and I know he's from, like he went to college in Texas, I think, right? Yeah, he went like, to UT. Got, I, I can see the Texas ties and stuff like that. And I think by all means, you know, it'd be great if he comes back to Texas when he's done playing. I think he deserves to play for a contender. Um, I would love it. I mean, I'd miss him because I think he's, he's, like I say, he's been a good rocket, but I think he deserves it. Yeah, and they kind of got to move him. So even if they get like two seconds or something, yeah, I imagine they'll do it. The other one, I guess the other guy that's that might be tradable is Eric Gordon. Um, mm-hmm. he, he has like a hefty contract, I think. Um, but I don't know. Do uh, Britt, do you think he's tradable? I think he's a lot more tradable compared to the end of last season where he like... Um, to be quite frank, he sucked and he essentially just looked pretty awful, um, partially because of injury, but just like for some reason he could play well in March when the season's regular, but for um, any time outside of that, he just looks really bad. Um, but I think the last few months with him having to take up more of the leadership role for the Rockets, since, especially since James Harden left, he has looked really good. And I think he has increased his trade value once again. So it's probably worth at this point for the Rockets to explore options to let Gordon go. I've been saying since the jump that he should be traded a while ago, but mm-hmm. now that he has actually shown that he can you know, play pretty well. Um, I mean, there's tons of teams maybe even like golden state or something something like that who would be interested in obtaining his um i guess his rights for a bit yeah i mean the one thing teams are always looking for is just three-point shooting and he could do that uh john do you see any teams that would maybe be a good fit for him yeah i think i mean um i i'm with i'm with brett that there there are you know a lot of teams out there that i think would would benefit and um, yeah. And he's, I mean, he's been in Houston for a while too, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. I don't have the, maybe the same fondness for him that I have for PJ Tucker. I don't know. A lot of, a lot of injuries, just, just a different, different guy. He's, he's good though. He's, he's good. I think he, um, I think he can, I think he can have a moment with another team, but if I were him, I don't think I'd stick around. Right. Like, he's, he's old enough. This is going to be a full rebuild. Like there's, yeah, you know, 
there's nothing there for him. I hope they can get something good for him, but I don't know what he'd go for. You think of like, I don't know, what's his, what's I, his value in the market? I don't think he'll get a first. Yeah. Um, I, I think it'd be a player. I, I could see him being part of a three-way deal um, if they're going to let o- Oladipo go as well, I can see them trading Eric Gordon if they're going to bring in a third team um, to match salaries. And, you know, quite frankly, I-, I think that he has definitely, I mean, he was traded as part of that Ryan Anderson deal when Ryan Anderson was actually good and didn't lose his shot for some strange reason a couple of seasons ago. So he's been around the team for a while and they're going towards that young movement. They might as well just let them go um, and let him, you know, um, find some sort of contender or some team that will um, use his talents um, when he's not injured effectively. Yeah. Is there anybody else that I might be missing that's possible that they can move at the trade deadline? Uh, the rest of the folks, I mean, I mentioned the Marcus Cousins and he's now gone. Mm-hmm. So that would have probably potentially been the other person who would have been traded but since he's not really available then no um there isn't i mean the rest of the folks who are on the team are really young and maybe that's the one thing that's sort of exciting you know other than i guess potentially tanking which sort of gets to (laughs) uh, that makes me feel sad but there's a lot of young talent that you know, is either in the G League, such as Kevin Porter Jr., although he, you know, he's what his second or third year. So he, but he's played in the NBA before. It's not like he's been in the G League since. Um, it's just because he had issues in Cleveland that caused him to go into the G League. Um, there's also LaShawn, um, Deshaun Tate, who's been outstanding um, and, you know, came from the NBL um, in Australia um, last season. Um, He's been really, really good. There's Mason Jones, who's a rookie. Um, I, I think some of them may have to be traded because of, you know, matching salaries and things like that. But I think there's just potential there to be like a really good roster. Um, I, I think they just need to, for the sake of those, you know, older players who want to find a, you know, all of them haven't won a championship yet. I think they want to go ahead and, you know, do the right thing for them and either release them or better yet, you know, trade them and get some sort of return back. Yeah. Um, Sean or John, any final questions? Well, I, I have one final comment about handball and it's that um, <laughs> you can't be in the crease if you're if you're trying to score on the goal, but if you catch the ball in midair, you can throw the ball into the goal. And if you land in the crease, as long as you release the ball in the air, that's fine. Oh, that's cool. Another interesting. Like I could see, I could yeah. see some very fun plays. And if handball ever got really big, some some long instant replay reviews of that. Yeah. yeah, I think for next time I should read the rules of the sport. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like where you don't know the rules. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah. 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 That's good. All right. Well, that's been the Houston Rockets. Um, Brit- <laughs> <laughs> we, we now know everything we need to know about handball and the Houston Rockets. <laughs> uh, Britt, is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah. So, um, like you mentioned at the top of the show, I am. Well, first of all, you didn't mention I was on Twitter. I am on Twitter. My handle is really long. It's Britt Robatista. That's at 
B-R-I-T-R-O-B-O-T-I-S-T-A. Um, that's on Twitter as well as Instagram. Um, maybe somewhere else. I think I'm on Top Shop shot now which is Ooh. popular and we didn't talk about um under brit real batista and i bought a um david nawab of a card but anyway I'm <laughs> nice myself. um i'm also a contributor at apollo hou which hosts the launchpad podcast um i am on the show once a week or once every two weeks i don't know the schedule is sort of changing but i'm on there um and then i am one of the for host on Step Back Sisterhood, which is a show about basketball, um, particularly about the Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets, the um, Portland Trailblazers, and the Golden State Warriors, because we're all fans of that. Um, you can find us there at, at Step Back Sisters on Twitter. Very nice. Uh, Sean, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, well, I am a co-host of a show called Stoner Morning Show every Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Um, uh, you can watch that on our Facebook page, Stoner Morning Show. It's just stoner friends trying to get through a talk show as best as they can. <laughs> and if you like short comedy, I released a 10-minute long, very easy-to-listen-to comedy album uh, called The Best 10 Minutes of My Life. Yeah, I listened to it uh, this week. And it was very easy to listen to. I, I enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's on Spotify and, uh, you know, like, those places. Like uh, like the Obama Springsteen podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listen to that and then hop on over to, you know, my uh, right. um, Sean Wickens uh, <laughs> small corner of Spotify. I mean, it's both Spotify as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, John, any plugs or final thoughts? Um, no, I guess I'm just, um, I don't know. I'm feeling the weather's getting nicer. Mm. The, the vaccine numbers are starting to trend up. Um, got the all-star break coming for, for basketball. Your favorite time of the year. Lots of good stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting times. I'm, 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 more optimistic than I've been in a while. So you look more optimistic. You look at, yeah, yeah, go out and go out and, you know, be optimistic and be your own self-fulfilling prophecy. That's what I say. (laughs) Good final thought. Um, I of course am at Larry, the athlete on all social media, and you can subscribe to Larry knows sports wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams and may the rest of your days be days of thunder. (laughs) 